I am very relaxed right now. Are you now? Yeah, I am. It's great. It's a great feeling. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Not as great as the show. No, no. The segue I did. uh, I see. Yeah. I see. So it's like, we're not even going to, we're not going to waste time. Let's just get into it then. Right. So Tick went. uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's start. snobs are back and this is kind of a bittersweet episode um but first who am i i am cicely joy (laughs) and i'm joined tonight by the effervescent nice (laughs) yes i'm 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 thinking of you know new vocabulary to describe you and there's just so much kalina michelle how are you tonight hello oh shit what happened you can't hear me? Lady. Hey, we're back. Tonight is not the night for tech issues. I know, right? <laughs> is it is the, is there like a Mercury Yeah, you know what? Actually, North Tryon Mercury is in retrograde, so it's like screwing us up with all the, you know, electronics and stuff. So yeah. Yep. Well we gotta blame the planets. This is gonna be a nice edit. That's all. That's all yeah, it will be. That's all it is. <laughs> So, as I was saying, <laughs> I am joined by the beautiful and effervescent Kalina Michelle. I like the word, I'm great. I like the word effervescent because it sounds like I smell good, which is a great thing. Yes. When is you that what it your means? Deodorant. <laughs> when I finally remember it, right? Oh my God. Yeah, but no, I see effervescent as also um, like bubbly. Oh, okay. And and fun and just like I don't know, like refreshing. Okay. Yes, that's it. That's that's the meaning for me. So yeah, that I think that's you. Oh, I'm refreshing. <laughs> I like that. I like to be refreshing for people. How are you doing? How was your week? Um, my week's been okay. Tonight has been crazy, but um it was it was good crazy. We were out shopping for Halloween costumes and having kids change their mind every two seconds mm-hmm. is not cool. Yeah. I think we went from Spirit Halloween to Target to Spirit Halloween to Target and I'm like, I'm done. Oh, this yeah. is what you're going to be. Final call. So I'm already exhausted for Halloween yeah. and I kind of want to cancel it, but no, we're not. <laughs> what are y'all doing for Halloween? See, that's the thing. I don't even know if people are Halloweening <laughs> this year. A lot like, of people say they're not, but you already know yeah. that people will. Yeah, I figure there will be some places. I mean, to me, if you have, um, in some of these neighborhoods that have really gone out of the way to decorate their house, I'm like, y'all gonna have something. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll do some trick-or-treating, kind of socially distancing trick-or-treating or whatever, but that's all. And um, it's amazing how Christmas used to be the thing that people decorated their homes for. Now it's like every season or every season holiday. And it's a little disturbing to me a little bit, (laughs) but Hey, I'm all for 
celebrating in the holiday. It's great. It's fun. Well, we were going to decorate, but then I got frustrated by my lights and I was just like, that's it. Yeah. Oh, it's canceled. Right. Or at least that's how it, <laughs> I, I shouted it in my mind. I don't think that's how it came out, but <laughs> you're going to have to forgive me because I feel like I'm a little tongue tied tonight and mm. maybe this delicious Moscow mule that I'm drinking. Mm. Um, I just needed to relax. So. No, I, I I get it. No, <laughs> I I had a couple of gummies myself, so Ooh, we're gonna yes. we're gonna have to work this out because I'm already. I had two Cheddar Bay biscuits, and Ooh. you know I had some water. I'm feeling, you know, satiated, focused, <laughs> but I don't know how long this focus will hold. So we should just get into it. But between the two of us, you know, we'll, we'll get it. Between <laughs> the two of us, let's get into it. All right. Okay. So, Lovecraft Country, the season finale, episode ten, full circle. I love the na- I love the name full circle because that's exactly yeah. what this episode was. Yeah. Now, overall, okay. I'm already kind of feeling you right now. Yeah. Overall, overall impressions of this episode. It was okay. That's what I'm getting from a lot of people. Only because I feel like one episode for a finale may not have been enough. And I know they're, yeah. they were probably trying to keep it within the 10 episodes and they wanted to, but I think they went too deep into all the individual characters for yeah. one episode to cover conclusions for all of their stories. And I feel like it was uh, rushed. It wasn't <clears throat> that it was bad. It was just yeah. rushed and there's still questions for me. There's still questions. So Okay, and we're going to get, near the end, I want to get into those questions because I kind of wrote some questions, too, at the end. But um, overall, I've been hearing a lot of buzz. Do we have to go in through a really in-depth analysis of every scene? Because I kind of feel like it was a bit not too much. Not too much. I'm going to, I even kind of wrote it a little bit more high level than I normally do. Okay, great. But, um one thing I've been hearing a lot from a lot of people that, yeah, they're, they kind of agree with you. It was good, but they expected more. Yeah. For me, I feel like any show that has, that builds up to this amount of greatness will never please everyone. And I, and I almost kind of like, I don't know how they can ever end it where people are like, Oh my God, that was so good. Cause think about it. What show that has been built up that you really, really love and you still consider a good show has the finale been just like spectacular 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 yeah like has left you almost floored even more so than the individual episodes building up to it um in recent memory i want to say that um watchmen did a really good job with their final episode damn you did have to find one that was it was a really good one (laughs) and it wasn't you know everybody was like oh you know is watching really that good yes the writers of that show yeah it was gave us enough of everyone's background enough of a story and the ending had a twist that most people if they figured it out they didn't quite know how so they kind of worked in a little bit and it left you with just enough of a oh snap thing at the end to to make you you know realize that it was a really good story it was done well and done concisely again yeah you're right no you're you are right yeah but not that this uh show didn't have those elements but because there were so many characters that we were all invested in like truly 
truly invested yeah. in, it felt like you remember last week you said you hoped that it would be more than an hour long. It yeah. was, but then it wasn't. It was, but it wasn't like too much long. I feel like it could have been a full length movie. What or close I like to that, maybe ninety this... minutes. No, I agree. It could have been longer. I felt like it would have been nice to be longer. But what I liked about this episode, um, and I think, you know, part of the name is called Full Circle, is how it really deliberately incorporated something from every single episode leading up to it. And I even wrote a list Mm. of like the things from every episode that they incorporated. Even down to the the title scene where um, the title scene had um, imagery from just about every episode mm-hmm. to like to say everything is coming full circle. This is why like we've been leading up to this, and even the stories that are kind of one offs or whatever really do have a place mm-hmm. here. So I I appreciate when when things are done that way, and the questions that I have left are really kind of overall minor, but just for my own like anal self I'm like oh I kind of wish they wrapped that up a little better mm-hmm. but um I I enjoyed the episode overall because I think I didn't expect it to be like this monumental feeling I just wanted them to I wanted to see how they were going to close and I know spoiler alert I know a lot of people were disappointed in the direction with the main character mm-hmm. um and I'm like well where else could that have led to mm-hmm. like Think about how it's building and building and building. If they had led to a Disney ending where it's like, oh, we're all good and everyone's happy and back together, then, um, yeah, that would have been too cheesy. I feel like no but, one likes to really see the protagonist die in that way. I, and I, I agree. But what I like that they may do, because, of course, we don't know if they're coming back and stuff, but similar to like in the Avengers um, Infinity Wars when everyone's like, oh my gosh, what happened? Everyone's dead. I'm like, hello. They introduced time, the element of time in the story. No one is dead because mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they can always deal with, you know, throw in some time little loop or some like, let's go back in time and change this or whatever and, and fix it. So mm-hmm. the fact that we have that in this um, story arc, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, settle Here's down. what I think we should but, do, sis. I think we should go down your list of parts and elements that they used in every episode from, okay. or from every episode pr- you know, prior to the finale. And I think that would be a really good way to go through this episode to like kind of you know, break it down. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me let me I'm kind of scanning my notes because I know there were certain things I did that stood mm-hmm. out that I really did want to talk about that may not go with that list okay well let let's go through that list and then i'll kind of fill in the blanks with some other little tidbits okay. here and there all right so the list the list. With episode one <laughs> episode one that episode um uh, dealt with monsters you know that basically introduced the lovecraft the hp lovecraft genre of these monsters and everything and so of course we had the monsters reintroduced in here of course we had um the uh, the introduction of the braithwites and and all of that so it was the that horror element yeah. um episode two 
and you know what? I probably should have the names of the episodes, but whatever. Um, episode two was dealing with um, again. It's it's about the Braithwaites, but this time we're in getting into the more the magic of them, the spells and everything that was happening in mm-hmm. Artem. So it was more the magical episode, which of course in this one we dealt with all the spells and um, the the book of names and all of that. Episode three is the one that dealt with Letty's house and the, that haunted house mm-hmm. and um, the and it brought in the element of ancestors calling on and summoning ghosts and summoning these ancestors mm-hmm. again something that we did see again in this episode when they summoned um, the uh, the family the the grandmother and Dora and and mm-hmm. Hannah um, to help with these spells and also summon Titus. Yeah. Um, to to obtain some flesh from him, which is interesting, obtaining flesh from a ghost, but okay. Mm. Um, episode four uh, was more the Indiana Jones episode that dealt with, you know, uh, had that adventure, um, and they ha- they were they discovered that secret chamber mm-hmm. under the museum, which they found themselves back in to do the spell to um, uh, summon Titus. Episode five was the episode with uh, about metamorphosis, and it was about Ruby um, um, finding that potion and taking the potion to become Haley. Uh, what's her name? Haley or whatever her yeah. name was. Um, so again, we see that element in this episode where um, they not only discuss the potion, but we see um, Christina use the potion to her mm-hmm. advantage um, later. Um, episode six is the one in Korea um, that introduces the Kamiho, which, of course, we have Gia in this episode. And the end of that episode in um, Meet Me and Daegu was a um, sh- she went to see a shaman who told her this, uh, I guess you want to call it a prophecy, but basically that um, she would find herself in darkness and um, meet a thousand souls or mm-hmm. something like that. So we see that kind of come full circle, like her, her path, her um, destiny is fulfilled. Yeah. Um, episode seven is about Hippolyta and all Afro future tech. Of course, we see that with Hippolyta, not only Hippolyta, but also in uh, the mechanical, beast that she creates at the end that we're not going i i want to like talk about that more in depth when we get there um episode eight deals with the demons the jigaboo um demons and of course d um this episode is when d is at the beginning of it she is healed um by the spell but she is still um dealing with the trauma of it and then, of course, we um, the last episode was episode nine, all about the book of names. We are introduced to Hattie, um, the um, grandmother, the one that gave Letty the book, who um, and pretty much that's yeah. it. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, they did have every single element. They actually had a lot of callbacks in the dialogue to different episodes yeah. too, throughout the Throughout this uh, final um, episode. So, yeah. Um, I want to just go and recap and then all the observations you said you had. Let's go through that. Mm-hmm. So, um, the recap of this episode. First of all, 
before I start that, I just got to say, what did I tell you about that bitch, Christina? Didn't I say the whole time? I said, I don't trust her. I don't trust her. Well, we should. I mean, honestly, none of us should have. But like, you even, were saying, I, you I were saying, well, you know, it's it's showing, you know, love in this, and maybe she's got, maybe this is her thing. I can still speak to that. I can still mm-hmm. speak to that. I will. I have my defense. <laughs> but yes, like I mean, at the end of the day, she is still. She had her her um, sight on one thing. And I believe, I truly believe, if she had the book, when she asked for the book, she probably would have tried, I'm not saying she would have been successful, but she would have tried to find another way to gain whatever her her immortality. That still was not a good thing to try to give her because God knows where, you know, too much power and all that, that takes you don't need to give that to anyone so no they did the right thing by saying no but I do believe that she was not trying to to go down the path that like her father and the the rest of the order and stuff I felt like she felt like she didn't you've given her you've given her other way too much credit child and I I, but I I have my supporting details okay (laughs) Listen. But yeah, I mean, she she got she she had what was coming to her, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> recap: I can't remember how it started. Was it they were at? All right, it's, uh-huh. it's okay. It starts with um, they are they take uh, D to Hippolytus to try to you know uh, open the book and do the incantation right. and all that. They open the book with the stuff that they were saying, like the thing that that um his grandmother bound it with or his great yeah the words so they open it and they start the pages flip automatically and letty and tick pass out yeah it lands on a page that has the birthmark the symbol that is on the the same birthmark that is on tick and all the family members on so it's yeah they pass out and they find themselves in the ancestral plane, which looks different, basically, to both Tick and Letty. For Tick, he's back in the Braithwaite, the burning Braithwaite mm-hmm. house with Hannah. But this time, the the fire is like red and and all. It's not like right. fire, fire. And Hannah's actually now speaking to him and basically tells her story about how, you know, she um, she had to hide. She. she use the spell from her master to um, hide from anyone that does magic. So that's what the birthmark basically Mm -hmm. is like a, a cloaking symbol. And uh, she was telling him about how the fire was like her rage because every time she will go to sleep, she will find herself back there and all of this stuff. But now she understands how um, that, it's a manifestation of her rage, but now she understands how, how to use it and yeah. it's their power. And it's going back and forth between that scene and then Letty wakes up back in mm-hmm. Dora's house from like 1921 with the grandmother, Hattie, who is now explaining to her about the book and how how to use it. She's like, okay, now uh, she explains that Hannah created mm-hmm. this space 
kind of as a safe space for the ancestors. And basically it's kind of a slight montage of teaching um, Letty the spell that Hannah has created a spell that they don't really say mm-hmm. what it does, but basically we know that it's going to bind Christina's right. magic at that time. So that's most of that. And then they are asking for help on the spell that right. they need for D to like right. fix D. And so they get together Hannah, Letty, Tick, and Dora. Is that her name? Dora? Yeah. The, the, uh, no, no. Uh, Patty. Sorry. Patty. So yeah. um, they get around their bed <clears throat> and it kind of mirrors, goes back into. Um, Tick's time where D is on her bed and they're saying, you know, their spell incantation to reverse the demon spell that's on her. And um, mm-hmm. as they do it, it works. And then Tick and Letty are back in their time. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. D is better, but her arm has been completely. It's yeah, still, completely like, mummified. mummified, and she's freaking out because that's what I didn't realize at the time was that was her drawing arm, her writing arm. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that either. Um, before they actually came back, there was a point when um, Tick found himself back in his, I guess, Uncle George's home or something, mm-hmm. and he saw his mother, and this is in gotcha. the ancestral plane. And I like that scene because she sat down on the couch with him, and he just kind of crawled yeah. up in her lap almost like a little boy just crying and just basically saying like how he doesn't yeah. want to die for this and all. And she was just basically giving him encouragement saying like, it's, you know, it's for the best, not that, right. not that you have to die, but trust me, like this is needed. This is important. But it just reminded me of like, you know, just this kid that's kind of yeah. like, make it better yeah. mommy, like fix it. And it was, a, it really was such was a there. tender moment. Um, and she said, Hannah, Hannah's spell will change everything. And it's not the beginning. Yeah. It's the, it's, it is the right. beginning, not the end. So, um, yeah, so they, they, while they're chanting, they pull the demon to the ancestral plane and extinguish it. Mm-hmm. D's back to normal. Um, but she's freaking yeah. out. Then, um, then it continues with like Tick and Montrose, of course, and them arguing about mm-hmm. doing Hannah's spell, um, which they said, it it uses they basically are going to use Christina's spell against her, like flip it or use the energy from her spell to, to power the right. binding spell or something like that. They're they're getting into all these details. And, you know, Montrose is trying to um save Tick and pleads Letty to Letty just to, you know, like escape saying the birthmark will right. protect them. And Letty is just like, I'm just trying to figure shit out because I understand right. it needs to because, be done. Um, I like this scene a bit because oftentimes we don't want to sacrifice our our children for the cause. And mm-hmm. Montrose is dealing with that right now. He's like, I know that this requires a huge sacrifice. Like our whole family could get wiped out. I mean, at that point in time, what power did he possess as a black man at this time to feel like yeah. they would all survive especially when it's dealing with magical elements so um, yeah and it's his father you know like the father a parent usually will rather step in to take that pain from their child but he can't because he doesn't have the yeah. blood that would exactly. do anything so he feels I'm sure he yeah. feels very helpless 
Um, the next thing we we see um, we see they're in Letty's basement, and we find out that Tick is actually keeping the monster um, from the protection spell that he had right. that he learned from Christina um, in the cellar, and that's the same cellar that um, was in the, the earlier episodes with the the ghost and all that. And Tick and Letty uh, decide to take the elevator down to the spell tunnel back to that secret chamber mm-hmm. under the museum. And um, they, they do a spell that summons Titus's ghost because of course they, they need a part of the spell that they need is all about um, blood body or the body intention and mm. was it energy or something like that? Like it needs three things. They keep saying it and they need to tie ticks, Tick, Titus, and Christina's blood or body or, you know, something all together. So they're playing an action. They're going mm-hmm. to summon Titus, try to get um, some flesh from him, and then at some point in time later try right. to do the same for Christina. So um, they summon him, and Hannah is there. They uh, her, her spirit is there to help, and mm-hmm. Hannah confronts him and all. And um, they try, uh, Tick tries to subdue him or knock him down, but he evades them and disappears, reappearing in the middle of the uh, road when right in front of Christina and Ruby as they're driving, Christina swerves, hits a car, a pole and um, sees Titus. And as she approaches him and he tries to tell her like those Mm -hmm. ends got the book, you know, he, he is summoned back to that space. Um, where now, now they got the mm-hmm. other ancestors there, um, Hannah, Hattie, and Dora all there to kind of keep them there. Letty's, you know, doing the spell and then they take a good yeah. chunk of meat or um, tick stabs and take a good chunk yeah. of meat from him before he is released, yeah. I guess. Um, and that's the, that was kind of a tender scene too, because at the end of that spell, um, they released the, the spirits and the last spirit was the ancestors and the last one was Dora. And you could tell that like Tick was hesitant to say the final words to right. basically say goodbye to his mother. Um, <laughs> that's so sad. Like that part so, was just sad because he's been through so much and having to say goodbye again. Like I kind of... I kind of, people tend to say, oh, if I had a little more time with my lost loved one, if I had, you know, one more chance to hug them, tell them I love them and all that stuff. But you also have to see them leave again. And I don't think a lot of people really Mm -hmm. think about that because sometimes when the grieving process, you're thinking, oh, I need them back. I just want them back. I just want them back. Well, if you got them back, you can't hold on to them because that's not how it works. It's not yeah. how energy works. It works. So if you get them back, it would be for a short period of time and then you have to see them again, leave again. And that could, you know, technically could be worse than the original grief you had. So I get this scene. I get it. Cause it's like, I finally have the yeah. power to bring her back, but I won't be able to do it ever, ever, ever again. Now I know I can't do it ever again. And that's just gotta be, yeah, that was sad. that was probably hard for him. Yeah. So um, then we're back at Hippolytus' home, and there's a a scene basically between her and Dee. Dee is still pretty angry um, mm-hmm. at her mother for leaving her, 
Um, Hippolyta acknowledges that she did it so she could become what Dee always imagined her as Arithia Blue was the character. And uh, so she is awesome because she was telling Dee about all her adventures and how she can name herself anything and be everywhere and all this. But um, at the end, she named herself Mother yeah. and brought her and back. And Dee was to like, I don't give a fuck. Was like, she was so mad. Moment. She was like, okay, yeah, man, she but really you did. Here. Like, it, and you could have protected me then. Yeah. And, and it that's didn't another anything. thing about <laughs> how difficult it is sometimes raising kids because. Yeah. children only know what they can see in front of them and what she went through was so traumatic and the only thing she kept asking anybody about was where her mom was right and yeah the fact that she knew that it's 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 a hard situation for moms to be in moms are we can't be human we can't it's be like, human and you can't, you can't, you can be human, but it's almost like, well, why didn't you let me know? Or why didn't you take me along? And sometimes things happen. And yeah, I'm glad that Hippolyta didn't apologize at like, she did, but she didn't. Yeah. She acknowledged She it. just right. acknowledged. She was here. like, you're right. Yeah. And, I wasn't there. <laughs> and also I get where her child is coming from too, because she had never up yeah. to this point, never was put in any sort of danger like that where she didn't have her family. And this was something where mm-hmm. she had to go through on her own and was put into a coma and all this type of stuff. And when she realized her mom made a choice to at first not be there and then chose to be there, yeah. that was that was a bit of a rude awakening for a child, I think. Um, yeah, because... Children, like, even though D is a little bit older, children still kind of operate as they yeah. are the center of the universe yeah. that they should be. And yeah. it's just that's natural. And so for part of it is, it's not even her realization, but it's her experiencing her mother a actually light. having yeah. a, some experience yeah. Yeah, outside exactly. of her. <laughs> and I think that's important. You know? um, um, it, was a, it was a good scene. I like this yeah. scene. So at the same time, um, they, um, the crew, Letty, Tick, and Montrose, they're, you know, in the garage planning all about the, the spell and how they're going to get flesh from Christina and just getting into all of the, those details when um, Hippolyta is joining them also to say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I'm with y'all. Teach me about this stuff. And as they're going through this, Letty sees Christina approaching and she hides the book. And Christina basically comes into the garage and she tells them like, hey, I know y'all have the book. I will leave, you know, Tick alone and the whole family alone if you just give me the book. I can find another way to do the spell. The only reason I have to sacrifice him is because mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. no other resources uh, to do the spell. But with that book, I, can, I won't need him, you know. And Tick, of course, tells her no. And as she leaves, she... Um, cast a spell that removes the mark of Cain from Letty and that's that mark that was uh, mm-hmm. allowing Letty to be invulnerable invulnerability spell so um, so now like oh yeah. shit this is getting real um, oh this is what one of the things I wanted to mention that has nothing to do with that list so after that 
they they drive back to Letty's to get ready, you know, get shit and stuff. And as they're driving back, they're waving to new yes. black neighbors yeah. across the street. <laughs> and I know it's such a subtle moment, but that moment was monumental because obviously we know their previous neighbors are were either killed or have moved out because of all of what happened, but also the fact that they are now living across right. the street from black That's that white people. Plight. Um but Mm-hmm. Yes, that that scene was like a a pivotal scene to show, you know, those yeah. early stages of white flight and how how the migration of um, black families to mm-hmm. what was that northern Chicago yeah. started occurring. So I just thought I, I love that they threw that in there, and it's yeah. such a small little moment, but it it mm-hmm. it was telling for so many things. Um. As they got to the house, Tick gets on the phone and he calls Gia, who is staying at the Drake Hotel. And um, he meets up with her and basically they have a moment where he's apologizing to her um, for speaking the way that he did. And he finds out that, you know, Gia, um, her mother died and how she felt like she finally was starting to understand feelings and and being human because her mother started treating her like a daughter and in her time with tick and her her best friend that she had made her feel human but after her mother died all those feelings went away and tick is basically explaining that's grief and you know and that happens and and Mm -hmm. refers to her as family and you know all of these things like our paths all met for a reason i like you are part of our family great scene Mm -hmm. it was a beautiful oh my god Please yeah. talk about the scene in the and cemetery. So that's okay, okay. Oh, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm there. So uh, Gia basically at that time tells Tick about the shaman and everything that it means. And and that was the end of that scene. So now, the cemetery. So, so Ruby is um, comes into the cemetery and joins Letty at their mom's gravestone. And they basically have a scene where... Um, Letty confesses that she was in jail during the time of the funeral and that's why why she wasn't there. And they they're discussing like the meaning of family and how even though yes, their mom they their mom was their mom, how she wasn't really a mom to them and mm-hmm. you know, obligation, all that stuff that people kind of go through. Um Letty's yeah. like, hey, speaking of family, <laughs> you know, she basically shows Ruby the book of names, says, Hey, we got this. And I really need, um, I need your help to get a mm-hmm. part of Christina for their spell. Like, you know, you're my family, like family comes first, all that. Um, so Ruby, she's like, yeah, but you know what? You haven't learned one thing about what it means to be family. And she walks away and telling Letty that the only, the only thing she cares, the mm-hmm. only time she cares about family is when she needs something. And then Letty calls her back and says, like, there's uh, yeah. tells her there's more that she needs to know. So this is one of my outstanding questions because I don't think they ever really revealed whatever Letty told Ruby to entice her back into the fold. Uh, I don't think so. Did, did they? I'm I wanting think she to told know her what, what the was real the, the more consequence of the final spell was going to be. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. probably that's probably right. Okay. I think that's what it was. Okay, okay, I'll I'll go by that. 
Yeah, I'll go with that. That's that makes sense because I can what still is see Ruby being down with that. Ruby wanted um, she wanted to be able to not be ever interrupted ever again, and how you know yes, we'll continue that's with true. it, but that spell would yeah. have been able to ensure that, and it would take the power dynamic from Christina yeah. to her. That's very true. Oh, thank yeah, you that's why for answering the question. There. That's why because I put questions there, that like, need answers. You know, okay, and then in the scene when they were, she was back at Christina's home in the basement. Ruby was kind of mm-hmm. happy-go-lucky around there, like she was like smiling and doing all yeah. this and doing all that. And Christina was talking to her about yeah. the spell and. She was. Uh, she showed her like yeah. a vial of um, some kind of fluid, and she was telling her like, you know, this is. Yeah, this is how it works. Like what what she did with William. She was giving her all the details of basically mm-hmm. like teaching Ruby the ways, and and even also revealing her vulnerability that she was somewhat worried that. Um, if she's even off by like some type of calculation and her spell may not work and she'll right. kill the last of her family for nothing. So again, the fact that she even said that tells me that Christina is not just all one, like just one dimensional. That's why, because she kept referring to Tick as family. But see, I'm just saying, again, just throwing that out there. As- once again, <laughs> I d- okay, here's why I just and never trusted Christina, even though someone who can't be trusted a clock is, you know, broken or whatever that saying is, twice a day. Or I feel like <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, like what? Christina the whole time someone that can't be trusted only, she only wanted Tick alive. <laughs> She, the whole time, she only wanted him alive to give her the power that she felt she didn't get from her father. So much like white women in generally, generally white women in our society, obviously we know white people who are great, wonderful, will do anything for you. I'm talking about the overall whiteness culture in this society. They're so focused okay. on individualism and they're so focused on, especially white women, they're so focused on whether or not they have the power. What is the one thing Christina wanted the whole time? She wanted to be invincible and she wanted immortality, right? That is a very mm-hmm. selfish want. If you have that much power, it's a very it's all about yeah, to her use it all up on day. you. So she may have absolutely cared for Ruby, yeah. but she purposefully sought out Ruby because Ruby was a way to spy on the family. And even though she said, I don't care what you do, I don't care what you say, she was giving Ruby what Ruby wanted was to be looked at and cherished and loved and given attention to. I will agree with. I mean, throughout she the whole thing, I know she was using Ruby, time. but I also felt like she also surprisingly was feeling like was Ruby was softening to her too. I feel to like extent, like legitimately softening her. Her plans yeah. 
to get her spell didn't work. Yes. What happened? She switched it up. It wasn't about family. It was never about family for her. Yeah, no, and I agree that at the end of the day, she was still very, um, you know, she, uh, it wasn't just ambitious. About being ambitious. And the thing about though, Christina she killed a person in order to get power for herself well, and herself only. But look at it this way, and this is not, I'm not giving excuse to Christina. It's just like, she kind of, she did have a had choice. no choice had but choice. to be that way because but wait 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 let's just listen this was i'm talking about nature versus like the nurture so she's growing up in an environment an environment full of misogyny full of you can't do this you can't be powerful because you're a woman you can't whatever now okay we're this whole time we've been talking about race throughout you know the show Let, let's switch mm-hmm. race and just and and talk about gender like like frame mm-hmm. Christina's plight, whatever, in 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 under gender. So she's growing up in this environment where she's so close and, and is learning everything and is experiencing she's just as smart, she's just as whatever capable, but they're saying, No, you can't do this because you're a woman. And she's also mm-hmm. growing up among pretty much evil people. And she can see that like that already is framing. If you grow up around a whole bunch of serial killers, your moral compass is going to be a little skewed. So Christina is Christina because of also her, uh, her nurturing environment, like what she grew up around and all that. This is what she knows. What I saw that I felt like the softening of it is, of course, originally she used Ruby. She used Titus, all uh, not Titus, Tick, and all um, to gain what she wants. And that's ultimately what she still is going to do. But I felt like they influenced her to kind of think beyond that throughout those scenes of her trying to experience what it felt like. Even as much as they softened her and she, you know, tried to get killed like Emmett Till and all that stuff, she had the option to come back Mm -hmm. from Still chose. Yeah, yeah. And she she still chose me, her this was her kind of a personification her... of white feminism and black feminism, and how when it comes to white yes. feminism, that is true. It's going to take its own precedent, no matter what, at the backs of any other female in society. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. She did care for Ruby. Yeah. At the end of the day, it didn't matter. That's why I was saying. Yeah. yeah. So no, that's, why that's, I a, was that's a good analogy. It's only right, well. about selfish gains. It always had been. And whether or not we both know, we both know that you can come from a completely mess up background and then find your compassion and humanity. She never did. So I don't think it had anything to do with background. No. I think it was just, well, maybe it did have to do with her background because, I mean, I guess, like you said, like, someone from that environment probably can't help themselves to a point. It's like, I'm just saying her moral compass is skewed and it, it would take a whole lot more. And that's why probably, it was so, I think um, that's why audiences to... had such a problem with the Ruby Christina dynamic because everybody knew yeah. at the end of the day, like me, white feminism will sacrifice you. At the end of the day, yeah, 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 yeah you're right. I, it was I a gender you. thing. At the end of the day, she was just like, mm, but I still need to be immortal. 
Yeah. But to say, to kind of wrap up that scene, um, so after, you know, she's basically teaching uh, Ruby the way and all that, um, they uh, they right. share a kiss for the first time as themselves. Every Any other time they've been intimate, they've played a role. They've been yeah. Hillary or uh, William. But this is the first time, and they even acknowledge it. Christina asks, like, have you ever? And, and Ruby's like, no. Now, in my mind, I was wondering if, at this point, Ruby's plotting, you know, something, you know, figuring out how she can get close to Christina, if that's why she allowed herself to move toward that level of intimacy, or if that's what she really felt. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a little bit of both. Who knows? Um, before the scene, though, and I, I only want to kind of point out this for this particular um, monumental thing, I find. Um there was a scene where um, Dee was scratching out um, the faces of this newspaper article that had the headlines, all white, all male jewelry acquits Emmett Till's murderers. And while she's in her room doing that, um, Hippolyta slides a comic under her door of, and it's a comic book of Arithia Blue and a picture of D right. like, as a comic hero or, or like a sidekick. And D is like looking at it and she's reading and she's like, you know, um, mm-hmm. did you do this? How did you learn how to do this? And Hippolyta says, Afua. I met an artist yeah. named, <laughs> named Afua who taught her so she could taught D. Yeah. And I know she was referring to Afua Richardson, who is the beautiful, beautiful African-American um, female comic illustrator that has done mm-hmm. like um, various covers for Marvel as world of Wakanda. And, and I, I was just like that, that felt like, even though I don't that know was really cool. like personally, I feel that like was a I good, know that was her a because of a lot of the circles, like that the weeb community or, you know, that sort of thing. Not weave, weeb. The weeb community? <laughs> Oh, like all the like, people we, that are into what, like what? comics, and anime, <laughs> like the, the black people that are into that, and they know who Afua is. Like, and all you yeah. have to do is say Afua, and you may know. Like, this is that that bitch, and she was, yeah. But what what I loved about it is because it's also she she is a she is a recent like a modern day artist, and everything else we've been talking about yes. has been like nods to historical figures in his story no and so it shows it's talking about Hippolyta in her travels that she you know has been a mm-hmm. part of our our present and you know she's she learned this craft from someone yeah. that you can like look up right now and probably visit and and see her work and see her in in the peak of her career and it just was like a really cool moment, like a, a nice shout out. And I almost felt like she was shouting out <laughs> That's my sister, cool. like, oh, I know her. So I, I just love that. Because, um, again, it's just like one yeah. of those things they didn't have to throw in there, but it just adds so much more to the show. So the next scene uh, was like a ch- quick scene where we see um, Letty and Tick in a church. Mm-hmm. And they look like they're pre- preparing to get baptized. Yeah. And that's pretty yeah. much it. <laughs> it was just like reality setting in and they're just having a moment and stuff, but they're just, um, Letty yeah. says, you know, thank you for doing this. And yeah, 
Um, next scene, they're back at Georgia's shop. The whole gang, along with Gia, they're all together. Um, and it, and Tick is just kind of observing them, like everyone's mm-hmm. preparing for this trip to Artem. And they have Nina Simone's um, yeah. song "I'm Blessed" with happiness playing. Mm-hmm. And again, this is foreshadowing <laughs> everything that you know is coming. But Tick just sinking and it family, in and just seeing like, how everyone is here. It's just and, like, this is what family yeah, is. And family. sometimes we get so wrapped up in the stuff in the world. And you look around and you realize the people who are in your life. And you're like, that is worth protecting. You know? Yeah. And even at the end, when they're packing up mm-hmm. the car, um, Ruby... <clears throat> Ruby shows up yeah. to give Letty a vow of Christina's blood saying, you know, like, yeah. you know, we're family and she joins them. And then they're on the road to Artem and they're having this light moment where everyone's singing life could be a dream. And it's, yeah. I was nervous at that point. Cause I kept thinking something was about to happen, <laughs> but nothing did. But, um, mm-hmm. um, so then we get to the nitty gritty. We're at Artem. Um, they are um, walking in the woods at night again, which is annoying, laying down salt, basically preparing for all of their spells and the Mm -hmm. ceremony and everything they're doing. It's just a bunch of scenes of that. Tick takes the flesh of Titus and eats the flesh and drinks the blood from Christina. Call back to uh, Christian Christianity and the uh, what is it? The communion? ceremony yeah the communion which i always found so weird so mm-hmm. weird oh growing up i was like what we gotta eat his yeah. body like i was yeah no i couldn't understand why Cracker yeah. was supposed to represent was the like, body <laughs> that was my no, i was facts fixated i was like why yeah it was why it was this? very strange why can't i just get some like steak yeah <laughs> some chicken tender something um a meatball <laughs> um, so, so you know, <laughs> uh, so they're just basically, yes, <laughs> so they're just prepping for all this. Um, Tick, um, after he eats all that, he, mm-hmm. he prepares and he walks to, to the ruins of the state and and approaches the sacrificial area, and then all the t- white town, townsfolk um, lead him there and they're like strapping him up and all that. So everyone else, they're they're kind of spread out among the town, inscribing, you know, the the symbols and marks yeah. that they're going to need for this binding spell. And we have mm-hmm. um, Ruby and Letty on the on this in this tower, and um, Hippolyta, Montrose, and Gia on the bridge, and it's just kind of going back and forth between um, both scenes. And we find out on in the tower that Ruby yep. is actually Christina. <laughs> that Ruby is actually dead because Christina um, found yep. Ruby trying to steal her blood and killed her and yep. basically used her to disguise herself. So this whole time, you know, Letty is basically telling her all sorts of stuff, revealing things about their plans, mm-hmm. even though I'm sure Christina pretty much already knew that. And yeah, and yeah. so that was kind of a sad moment because it's like, wow, yeah, that that was all for Ruby. And no, I, I was hoping to see it. a lot see, more from I her. It, right when they um, when it was revealed that it was Christina, I was like, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. I 
fucking knew it the whole time. I said, she's a pawn. She's just a pawn to her. Even if she cares about her, she cared about her pawn. To yeah. The point where, you know, you're no longer useful to me. So now you get to go to. And it's just fucked up. I just thought I would see more from Ruby, like more like action from her before, like uh, maybe even a scene of Ruby and Christina, like kind of facing off and, and you see this, this decision being made by Ruby to, to go with That's her family instead Christina of Christina. And then, you know, something happens. I thought I just would. Because she, she can slip in and out of anywhere. She could be anybody. Yeah. And the fact that she was in that car, pretending yeah. to be literally part of that family knowing that she killed time. another part of the family to get to the family it was just it was just a lot i i couldn't stand her i can't stand her yeah and it was like but she really had a moment like almost like a social path like wow i i kind of felt the first she said something about like i understood how it feels yeah, to yeah, be yeah. a family or something just just playing Ruby, being uh, being a part of that. So she she's a sociopath. But um, so as uh, we find that out, we also see the townsfolk approaching um, the bridge okay. from both sides, basically trapping Gia, Montrose, and Hippolyta. And and essentially, um, a yeah. fight breaks out, and it goes back and forth between the two scenes. Um, the crew on the bridge, they're um, they're pretty much overtaken, and then. Yeah, this Ruby is like actual, at first. Like, oh, they're fighting. They're like fight Letty scene. and Ruby it was are pretty fighting. Good. And see, like, okay, Ruby's really size compared to Letty. Letty was getting her ass whooped. the whole time. I thought I was like, oh, ooh, that baby. She though. Knew the that. baby. That's why she was trying to kill her. Oh, yeah. So um, at first, uh, there was a scene where we thought that maybe Letty um, overtook. Ruby because mm-hmm. Ruby falls through a trap but she catches herself from falling and she lifts herself back up and they're you know they're continually fighting and yep. then Letty is actually thrown off the tower yep. and lands on her back appearing yep. dead pretty much dead because that fall should kill just about anyone um, and so Dee mm-hmm. on the other hand she remember she's with the crew too she is off in the woods in the car reading um the okay. Lovecraft Country book that her future cousin cousin wrote in the car, and she starts hearing noises, and she kind of hides a little bit. Um, Tick is strapped into the apparatus. Christina shows up with a book of names. The town folks bring the crew to the sacrificial area, and so Tick is looking around, and he doesn't see Letty anywhere. And so when mm-hmm. he realizes that something happened to Letty, he starts resisting and trying to like yeah. you know just uh, uh, you know fight against this and he he asked Christina like where is she mm-hmm. and Christina doesn't answer basically telling him all she needs to know um, back in the car D is uh, the, mm-hmm. D's car is attacked by one of those creatures which I think is Christina's creature and it's interesting because yeah. it's a white monster it's like literally white and then it's yes. and it's attacked by another one that is black which is Tick's um, monster and they start you know they are fighting off and yeah. I was just like that's that's right. really <laughs> the black monster fighting the white monster okay um, so back in the ceremony Christina begins uh, by slashing Tick's arms and is just mm-hmm. pouring the blood out and she starts showering under the blood and 
is chanting and the energy is drawn yeah. from the moon through tick to Christina. And at, during this time, yeah, where which all was of this is like, happening, what? Letty revives. Like the, the, the mark appears and she revives. And so she gets up and she starts running to tick and, um, mm-hmm. and when a dying tick basically sees Letty, yeah. he is relieved and yeah. they mouth like, you know, I love you before he passes out. Christina's spells finished as Letty, um, comes up behind yeah. her and she stabs her with this big ass blade. Yeah. And Letty starts chanting the binding spell but Christina mm-hmm. heals immediately because her spell's over and she's um, immortal. And she's basically telling Letty to give it up because the potion didn't even have the blood in it, the potion that Tick took. And um, yeah, so exactly. at this time, we're kind of yeah. like, okay, how are y'all going to fix this? Because y'all kind of fucked. <laughs> um, Hippolyta tells Gia that they need to get the bodies, they need to connect the bodies, like mm-hmm. Christina's body to Tick's body for the spell to work. So now Gia springs into action and basically her destiny is, uh, comes, comes mm-hmm. to mind. And so she recalls what the shaman told her and she knows what needs to be done. So she, she goes up to the path of like where the spell is drawing energy and she uses her nine tails to right. pierce through Christina and Tick and connect their bodies. And as she's connecting to them, she's also seeing their memories and she's seeing um, she's seeing various images of like the recent past, and we see right. an image of Tick giving Hippolyta a letter to Montrose. Um, D learning how to mm-hmm. tame the monster um, with Tick. Um, Ruby, Ruby, quote unquote, Ruby, which is really Christina, um, casting the spell on Letty as after she fell which I thought this is this is my moment mm-hmm. so this is my my thing I wanted to say at the end Christina still fulfilled her promise to Ruby oh, because okay. she said I would not harm your sister yeah. and even though she took the she took the mark off of her and basically killed her she chose she really to didn't. put that mark back on her she had she did not have to do that but she chose to put that mark back on here and she fulfilled her promise. And that's why I said there was some that I felt like if ooh, Ruby had some more time, she could and have that's, changed. But, and that's she could have helped Christina. She could have brought Christina into the fold. She may have shown all throughout the show that she does have compassion for people and she doesn't really immediately want to hurt anybody, but she always does anyway because she's white yeah because she's a sociopath that's all it was because sociopaths like they see they see things logically and christina christina operated as yeah well this is how it has to happen so this is what i have to do i don't want it to happen this way but yes, I that's need it. this like you know they're yeah. fixated on their goal and that's what she was she was so fixated but you know how they maneuver yeah. they're kind of trying to find the path of least resistance as much as possible and that's why i said christina i felt like th- there was like maybe there were all she'll these, like, actually, moments that know, showed that some compassion. there could have been yeah like maybe she would have been a decent human but <laughs> oh well um, so that was one of the little scenes. Another was, um, of course, 
um, them getting baptized, Tick and Letty getting baptized, Letty, um, mm-hmm. uh, Christina catching Ruby mm-hmm. um, and keeping her body alive in the basement um, to use, you know, the potion and all that. So these are all, uh, and oh, and the last scene I remember writing down was Tick hugging Montrose, which yeah. should not be neglected because that was, yeah. a, you know, compared to where they were. Yes, it did. That, yeah. that showed a lot of forgiveness in that in that moment. Um, and so the spell's energy um, causes this big, big explosion. And then we see Christina yeah. laying and pinned down under some rubble. And right. she's chanting in the language of Adam, but nothing's happening. And then Letty shows up and tells her that, yeah. um, that it's not going to work. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, you Basically, found me." She's like, "You and every white person yeah, in the like, world." Y'all didn't know what to <laughs> do. I'm like, "Oh shit!" Babe. And she said, "The magic is ours now." And that's the, this is the bitch. consequence magic of white ours now, bitch. I feel. And again, I go back to that analogy. But this is what the consequence is when you ignore people and other people, and you use their struggles and you use their. Uh, their tools and their culture to your own personal gain you end up losing at the end of the day you always will end up losing and that's the issue with christina she was thinking only i have i'm the i'm the one that should have the ultimate power because i can change things it was never about sharing the power she only taught them but so much but never really gave them the real keys to power and so unfortunately yeah the, the, they had to take the keys back you gotta take the keys back so you know, it's yeah. funny I don't know why this is coming up to me but the, the, that bible passage about how um, during the crucifixion they said that how the soul of Jesus Christ went to hell and took back the keys of power and death from Satan. And then he came back and it was a mm. whole new world. That's kind of like what I equate to happening in this scene. Like those, the, this family, this Freeman family had to go into hell. Literally. There had to be a sacrifice. Tick. And because of his sacrifice, they got the keys back. You know, it changed literally like like the ancestor yeah. said. It will change, it will change everything. everything. It's, it's, and yeah. it did. And that's what I think. Um, Letty shared with Ruby, and why Ruby tried to, you know. But here's the interesting thing, though. Did she say, did Christina even say that Ruby was trying to help them? Because did... Um, no, she just said, I caught Ruby ah. trying uh, to take my potion. Okay. To take the vowel or something. So she, she said that. Um, and then that scene, that flashback, the, it was a flashback where it just was like, she kind of caught Ruby, and that's the thing, though, because or, she was you looking know, like in a at moment stuff. where. See, and that's how I knew that Christina probably didn't trust Ruby at the end yeah. of the day. She may have loved her, but she probably didn't trust her either, and so she felt like she had to go. 
Because I did not see in the flashback anywhere where Rupee was like, I'm trying to leave with this vial and help people. Yeah. The, yeah. No, they didn't show I that. Bet it, was it was just, just like Christina this moment tripping. that was like a cop moment. Because Ruby basically um, chose her over left the family. Just, I, See, okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Do we know? Do we know? We don't know. Uh, yeah. That's what I thought. Like you said, you answered yeah, the question sense. I had because I was like, what did Lady um, tell her? Yeah. And I think that makes sense. So. As as this happens, uh, now, you know, uh, this monumental thing happens, um, we're kind of back to the reality of Tick. And Montrose um, walks up to check on Tick, basically, t- uh, like, pulling him off this apparatus saying, come on, come on, like, get up, yeah. come on. And not, I mean, s- slowly realizing that Tick is gone, he's dead. And Hippolyta chooses yeah. this moment, which is kind of an odd moment, to pass him on this letter <laughs> where Tick... Um, basically ask his father to find supreme happiness and to teach his son new ways of living and giving Montrose like basically yeah. saying you have a second chance to be the father you always wanted now yeah. as this grandfather that you're going to be and I, I, I thought that, that was Tick pretty special sacrifice though um, I really hated that Christine like the the meaning of that I know it's, yeah. it was it was it had to happen but I, the meaning of him having to sacrifice himself yeah. and his body in, in order to get these powers for everybody, it's just like, damn, like, like why, no. you know? Yeah, like, why does he have to be the martyr? It's always like, one there of been us having sacrifice. to be the martyr for change. And it just, it was, it was a lot for me emotionally. Yeah. So, in the final scene, mm-hmm. We see Christina still pinned down, calling for help, and Dee mm-hmm. approaches with a monster at her side. Like, you know, this is her little pet. And she says, they still haven't learned. Yeah, she pulls off her jacket and reveals this bionic arm that yes. Hippolyta basically created for her to replace hers, her arm. And she leans down and takes that bionic yes. arm and crushes Christina's neck very slowly. And then her yeah. pet monster goes up to some of the rubble yeah. and starts roaring in the moonlight, kind of like the end of Jurassic really, Park. Really, really good. Now, and here's the interesting part. <laughs> Do you remember how Tick said he got that book when he went into time? Yeah, by... Yeah. Cloaked figure with a mechanical oh, arm. Oh, he, he said a cloaked. He said a cloaked woman. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And I, I remember. And that was it. That when I saw the mechanical arm, arm I was back. like, it was her. Wow. Yep. And she yep. had the book. She's but the last he, one that again, had the book. Again, with the time paradox. It's the same wow. book. They already Good. had the book. Okay. They already had the book and then they got it back, which is crazy yeah. to me. I love it. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. I love it. Thank you for yes. saying that. It was a oh, It was a lot so much better. It, it, <laughs> it was the same amount of time, but they packed in a lot. But they did it in a nice way. They did way. pack on a lot. Um, I still think yeah. I wanted more, but it's okay. You know, I'm glad that it, they wrapped it up and it's fine. So 
So you answer one of my questions. The only other question I had, and I don't know, like maybe they showed this, but do you, did you see what may what happened to Gia? Did like once she did her part, did she just like I or is she done? I like, didn't is see she okay? her in the end, but is the Camijo done? Did she <laughs> was she there crying with ticking them? I don't know. I, I may have to go back and see because I feel like I I don't remember I don't seeing her die after just died. connecting them. But I don't know. And I and I wonder because um um I was asked like does that mean like she fulfilled her last soul and I was like well she technically didn't kill them so yeah. I don't think so. I don't know, <laughs> but I just don't know what happened to her. So I was just curious about that, like. Once yeah. the Camille's gone, you know, I guess she, it's back to she's back as Gia. Um, but yeah, yeah that that's my, that's that my last question. Thing, I was like, man, oh, you mean to tell me they also had that book the whole time? That's insane. And, and you know what? For the longest time, I think you and I've yeah. talked about this before. Man, that and how there's different theories of how time works. And how some people feel like time is a straight line, just unending, linear, yeah. and some believe it's like a big circle. Linear, yeah. You know what, what was that? Uh, there was a movie that dealt with this concept mm-hmm. of time being uh, cyclical. What, oh God. But it was, it was one that was, I can't remember. Anyway. So many. I'm liking that more science fiction people are exploring the cyclical time. I mean, even even the Avengers and um, the last the last one, not Infinity Wars, but the last one, they that's what they dealt with. They they dealt with more of the cyclical nature because they said, you know, when you go back in time, they're like, well, won't that affect the future? And they're like, well, that's one path. But every time you go back in time, you're basically creating another another path. And so, like that original path still exists. It's just that you and your present yeah. are now and on this other it's on top like of that jumping it's to like another timeline you're not only affecting the future you also just affected the past because of because because you went to the past now yes you can, yes now the past is always going to be a future it's weird but i i really loved it i like that i liked how they ended it in that way yeah but at the same time i wanted like like a prologue scene or something. You know what I mean? Like, like 20, 30 years later. And it's like, yeah, you know, George Jr. Like in his forties. And then like the cloaked figure showing up again. <laughs> so my thoughts with that, my thought with, with that, I personally, while I like the ending because I felt like they, they ended it where people can be satisfied if it doesn't yeah. come back for a second season like it, the the full story arc is over the for the season and that's what i really like because i did not want them to write it similar to what we discussed before right yeah, assuming they were going to have a second season leaving a whole bunch of like open-ended stuff but they left just enough just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you just want more. Not even open, but just you wanting a little bit more that they could bring that, they could bring uh, into a second season and deliver that type of um, the, those things yeah. that you just said, you know, showing scenes of George and all this other stuff. 
um, for you. So it's kind of like they, oh, they, it's that they met it in the perfect middle ground where we could come back. But I agree. Uh, if we I, don't, I mean, you're not going to feel like you're by no without. way am I saying I want more in that they didn't answer the questions that or the big questions that needed to be answered. Not that I wanted more in that yeah. y'all didn't write it correctly. More so, I literally want more story. I want more story of this family. Like going from here on out. Like I need like a saga series. I need, you know, like a whole thing. But that's a that's great because now what they could do, but also remember if they wanted to, is continue Lovecraft Country as a comic series. But just also think about it because this is this is a book and 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 please if people out there that have read the book please let us know like your thoughts on how close the series was to the book. Now I have followed people that have read the book and are watching the series to hear some of what they've said and um, for the most part it seems like they're doing a really really good job with the series following the book but even making the series better than the book so I don't want it to go the route of like Game of Thrones where they decide to continue the story that has not been written and how that last season of Game of Thrones we all know that was not based off of any actual written like <laughs> um, written um information or a source and so we saw where that went i'm okay with just having one season but if they do come back you know of course i want to tune in see now i don't want another season either mm-hmm. but i wouldn't be mad if they adopted the rest of the story if they wanted to do the rest of the story into an actual comic series mm-hmm. or a graphic novel like i would i would actually be absolutely 100 percent great and go cool with that okay um, but it doesn't need to be a tv series for me to you know yeah like go off on a high note don't like yes don't come back and then just be like oh yes absolutely um overall this whole season i'm giving it a large popcorn i i absolutely loved it um it was great i i have to do the same but i'm i'm putting that butter on there because i'm telling you it's it's one (laughs) it's i have to say it's top is one of the top series because the amount like just what Everything, everything being so intentional and well thought out, well planned, well like executed. Just, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the message. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the acting. I appreciate. I, I can't. I can't say anything. I don't appreciate about this. I was gonna say I, there's really not much to, uh, if any, criticism. And from me on my end, I know there are a lot of people who feel otherwise. They also feel like a story like this was not necessarily timely, um, even though they, you know, covered a lot of um, issues that are currently going on. Um, there are some people that, you know, just didn't care for it in general, which is fine. Um, I have to say, Misha Green, that woman, I need to see way more from her. Yeah. After this, after this writing and directorial and show creation debut girls if this is she what you get out radar. the gate <laughs> out the gate with it oh no she's there's no way that she shouldn't be in the future 
Hall of Fame of horror directors. And I should have known better because Underground was actually pretty good. I kind of fell off of it. Right. But that was a good series. And then having the backing, because I totally almost forgot Jordan Peele and, um, and uh, JJ mm-hmm. Abrams were also um, uh, behind this as well. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, Misha just, it, it, she took the forefront and um, she's on our radar now. So. I mean, she needs to do horror all the time if this is what yes. she's giving. She did so well. And she also showed how she could cover a range of genres and topics and still keep on a story. And it was just top notch work. Top notch work. Very exciting. What are we going to do now? What are we going to talk about? I don't know about? what we're going to talk about. We got to figure it Oof. out. We'll have a little meeting to figure it out. Well. But, um, what else hmm. are you watching? Okay, so um, I am watching a few different things. One of the things I did want to talk about, it's interesting. I started watching it last night and kind of was binging it. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's a show called Social Distance. Okay. And it's only, it's like a a big thing that a lot of shows are doing are just kind of anthology series. So like every episode kind of covers like a whole different story. Mm -hmm. Um, Only 30 minutes. So it was easy to kind of binge watch. And I I don't think I finished them all, but um, there it's interesting because it's, it's a show that's dealing with our current reality and it's showing every little episode kind of shows like a different angle of it. Um, The first episode start uh, was the dude, from um that marvel show um he was he was like bulletproof black dude ball head mm, yeah i know what you're talking about I yeah him um although i really didn't like his episode i felt like his acting was horrible mm. but um basically it's in the 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 first couple of months of quarantine he is um a former alcoholic who also is recovering from a breakup and all that. And, you know, everything, everything of the show is through the lens of like um, a computer, like a zoom call or a FaceTime call, or they're used, they (laughs) utilize basically every ounce of social media or technology or how we, what we are, are using to connect to each other. Right. And so that's how they're kind of telling the story. And so you're seeing how, as a um, him attending his AA meetings through Zoom, mm-hmm. um, and also how you know the boredom takes like trying to get some type of bigger status on social media, like by by creating quirky little videos or you know like just the people trying to be creative just to connect to people. Um, in this different manner um, even more. So his story was kind of about that. They covered stories about um, jobs like women that are working, essential workers not having childcare Mm -hmm. and how they're dealing with that. Um, The, I wish I can remember this actress name, but she played, um, she was in Orange and the New Black. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah. so she, so she's a, a, a home healthcare nurse for a woman who is in a nursing home and this was around the time when right when the lockdowns were gonna mm. were starting where they're like hey they're not gonna have visitation here um her daughter is like a professor um 
um, the the daughter of the patient mm-hmm. is a professor, and she basically has no time or can't really be there to be stuck mm-hmm. at the nursing home with her mom because she teaches, right. and and um, the nurse has has basically has to keep her daughter, who's probably like eight, mm-hmm. home alone, and she has all these cameras, all um all these cameras just hooked up around her house that basically watch her all day and communicate with her through Marco Polo and these cameras just to make sure her daughter's safe and her daughter wanders off at one point. And it's just like the scary reality that her mom is doing the best she can, but she has no, no way of paying for childcare, but she also needs the job. It's just this craziness. Other stories about retirees that are really like, you know, um, worried about getting sick and like how this is actually, you know, because they're in that at risk, um, population so how uh the wife of this couple she is a former nurse that was called back when the peak was happening when they were basically calling in anyone that basically could come and help mm-hmm. and how when she came off of duty her husband's like okay you got to stay in the rv for like quarantine yourself because we can't risk anything and it's just really it's it's interesting because it's showing is highlighting things that I think everyone can kind of relate to or um, to some degree. My only thing about it is because we're still in it. Is it really helping? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Like it, it, I can see it helping some people because they don't feel so alone, but at the same time um, it's kind of, it's like we're preaching to the choir. Like you're, I'm watching what we're already in. Um, the only thing that I would also say about it is I kept thinking about how I'm interested in how TV and movies are going to incorporate our reality of the pandemic and quarantine life into, uh, uh, movies and and stories without it being about the pandemic and about COVID-19 so maybe a movie where you see someone that's still still going to work but you just happen to see them always wearing a mask and other people around them wearing a mask and doing all the you know social distancing but the movie's not about COVID-19 that's something I would actually like to see so it can be a little bit like okay this is this is our reality that we are kind of getting used to and we're seeing those images on tv but it's not just another echo of hey we're all stuck together in this and this is the we're doing the best we can and Mm -hmm. that message just kind of being reinforced over and over and over so um i like i said i haven't finished it but i saw probably about i don't know like six seven episodes um and uh, I'll give it like a a medium. No, I I don't know if I will give it a medium dry popcorn or a small butter popcorn because it's it's easy to watch and I think it's worth it. But it's not something that is going to be like I'm going to watch it again or I have to say, oh, you you have to see this. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting um, reflection of how other people are coping and the other and issues that we are other. You may be dealing with an issues that other people are dealing with that have different circumstances. Right. So I'm going to say small popcorn with butter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I only have time to talk about one thing I've been watching, but I'm glad mm-hmm. I found it again. 
I was um, perusing various apps, trying to find something I can watch. And I came across a good old classic family Halloween movie. What's that? Adam's Family Values. Yes! I'm thinking I'm going to have my daughter watch that soon. (laughs) She's been asking about Adam's Family. Right, so now here's the thing, though, before you show it to the kids. Some of the writing and some of the jokes and some of the, like, characterization in the movie for today's liberal standards, I, mm. I felt myself clutching pearls a little bit. It's a little cringy. A little cringy. It wasn't terrible because uh, it's a family movie. But even as far as families go, it's just like, yeah, I'm glad we don't say that anymore. Or, I'm glad we don't <laughs> do that anymore. You know what I mean? Or at least we're trying to be better as a society, trying to, you know. <laughs> it didn't hold but up I as will, well as you thought. As, but here's the thing. I will say this. The way that they characterize the Adams family, they weren't just outsiders as far as the fact that they were like the poster family for the undead. <laughs> they were these people would have voted for like a Bernie Sanders. Like that's that's how inclusive they were how they were like you love who you love and you know if this girl if she wants to marry the thing and have the thing children that's what she did (laughs) um and not the thing who was it cousin it yes like who wants to marry an it this woman did and she, she gave him babies like i don't know how but it was i had so many questions as a child watching um, the Adams family, the show and the movie. I always, I, my biggest question was like, are they dead? No. Are they, I no, like as a child, mm-hmm. I really was trying to understand like, are they alive? Because, you know, in the show or in the movie, a lot of things happen, which normally would kill someone. Right. Cause it's, you know? it's, it's, it's like the Pippi Longstockings. Like she clearly yeah. didn't really have superpowers, but the stuff she did made it feel like they, you know, so yeah, it's like that. Like they are just so in tune with the world beyond the veil, <laughs> and they're so goth. They're so yeah. goth that whatever they're doing between this world and the next, they've got their finger on the pulse of it. That's this family. You've got um, Mr. Uh, is it Gomez Adams, the dad, mm-hmm. who's like you know old school, the late Raul. I know. Oh, yeah. goodness. The, you know, he's got this, like, 1950s Cuban-American look to him. You know, like, he literally mm-hmm. came out the Copacabana. Um, but he's goth. And he is, probably was a serial killer or something. And he's into it. That's his life. And he finds this beautiful woman, Morticia, who, who's the actress? I forgot her name. Angela, Angelica Miss Houston. Miss Houston. Let me explain. Y'all... Y'all, Angelica Houston can do no wrong, okay? This <laughs> woman as Morticia, nobody could have played Morticia. Nobody still can play Morticia. Yeah. Like, that's... They, they tried, tried it. and it just did not work. Nobody. Angelica Houston, all-star, every day, constantly. She said, wonderful news, dear. Like, the movie opens. She's sitting in the living room with her family, they're having a good time. Wonderful news, dear. My water just broke. And I love the fact 
that she she lives this woman lives for pain and despair <laughs> and it gives her so much pleasure that and and yet she has a restrained enthusiasm about her she's so warm i don't know how she did it she played it like if i were goth i'd want her to be my mom like she's so sweet she's so motherly <laughs> like and yet she's like oh a woman doesn't she's just trying to have it all commune with the dead raise a family you know like stuff like that and it's just like this woman i love her i loved how angelica played her um and of course the the amazing um god i forgot this actress the woman's name who played wednesday christina ricci christina ricci had the 90s on lock you couldn't tell me nothing about her oh my god i loved I loved, loved Christina Ricci. She, she was like, I felt like my, I felt like she was my sister. I, I think we were that. the same age I, and I used to, I, I grew I up with I can see her. that for you. I really can. <laughs> yes. For me. <laughs> I get it. I feel you. I get it. You know? <laughs> this woman was, it was at the time she was a teenager, but she was everything in this movie. As Wednesday, oh my God. When they sent yeah. her and her brother to the summer camp, she that. upstaged her brother so much you forgot he was there in most of the scenes that she was in that I mean it's so it's still even so memeable to this day like her whole Thanksgiving oh yeah <laughs> Thanksgiving play that Thanksgiving oh play was she, she had every single uh, wasp at that place like pressed they were so pressed with her I Adam's Family Values is not just a good Halloween movie. It's a good movie to watch anytime with your family. It's it is. So I mean, it has Christopher Lloyd. It has Joan Cusack. Oh, Joan it C- has Carol Kane. <sighs> Joan Cusack. This woman can go from cute, desirable, you know, voluptuous woman and stuff to like the most insane, psychotic criminal. Yes. And she did it so well. And I'm like, th- this was a powerhouse cast at the time. And yeah. they brought it in every sense. It's an excellent family movie. Great for any time of year. I recommend it to anybody. This is a large popcorn. Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. I loved it. And that's why I, I, I do want my daughter to watch it. But I think because I know that they created... Um, animated movie since then like a more recent one i'm like oh, maybe we'll start with that because i don't think she'll be interested in the original series but um you know just something just i don't i, I just feel like this may scare her a it little might. too much because she could be she could be a little sensitive yeah. to stuff um but i i'm like i'm so excited for her to like get into it because she she's now like really into hocus Ooh, pocus yes. and you know some of my other favorites so i'm like oh this is the next on the list so yeah, yeah, I agree. It's perfect, perfect Angelica, time for it. Too. That woman, she's so great. Oh, can I can I speak on this since we're talking about okay. Angelica Houston? So outside of her playing Morticia Adams, um, her other the, I only see her as Morticia and the chick from oh, absolutely. witches absolutely. from the witches. So how excited am I that they're bringing that movie back? 
and the trailer looks amazing because it looks like they're following not only following the movie but the book to a t and i love that book and i love that movie and i'm like if you're gonna bring it back do it justice and hathaway okay you got you got some big shoes to fill away now miss hathaway can come with it it's she's surprising yeah i know i'm from what I'm seeing, I think she does a good job, but we'll yeah. see. Because she has some big really shoes does, to fill. That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, <laughs> if they had to fill it, I feel like I'm, I feel like she's gonna she's gonna give it to us. She she'll give it give us what we need. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I wish I could talk more, but that's all I had time for this evening. But this was so much fun to talk about. I'm glad that we finished out this series. Um, it is playing mm-hmm. right now on HBO Max. Um, steal somebody's login and watch it. It's now actually even now on Apple TV. Now that the oh. series has ended um, or showing fully, now you can catch it on Apple TV. Y'all, so get there you go it, too. Get, get somebody's <laughs> login information and get on these apps and watch it. Excellent series. <laughs> I'm telling you. I don't know what we're going to talk about next, but we'll figure figure it out. out. There's got to be something coming up to where we could be like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, follow us. We're on Anchor FM, Real Snobs, R-E-E-L Snobs Podcast. You can catch us on Twitter uh, at Real Snobs. You can catch us also on Facebook. Uh, Listen to us anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like and subscribe anywhere. Leave us a comment. Call us even on Anchor FM. There's a button you can push to leave a message. Leave a message with us. Let us know what we should watch next. Hey, good night, girl. Enjoy. Enjoy. Bye. Bye.